the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 20 has been uh, a year that we will all remember. The continent of Australia was on fire. More hurricanes than ever before. Three hurricanes hitting the same place in Louisiana. It has been a tough, difficult year. And the the enemy has been uh, rampant out there. And there's just uncertainty in people's hearts and minds. So today, we're going to talk about who Jesus called us to be as Christians, who Jesus called us to be. Because, you know, I see Christians that are worried, that are fearful, that are angry, that are on social media and are saying things to each other that are not very Christ-like. Christ said in John fourteen twenty seven, he said, my peace I live, leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, that's what we need to focus on as Christians. We need to focus on Jesus' peace. We need to be focused on loving each other. God is love. We need to act like Christians in this time of difficulty. This is a time for the church to engage in a great awakening across this country. And we need to let people's hearts and minds turn to the church. And we need to be there. We need to be the light of Christ for them all to see and to see that with Christians, we have something better. We have the peace that surpasses all understanding. We have, we have Christ in our lives. We have hope. We are different than the West, rest of the world. So let's go back. Let's go back uh, a thousand years, and let's talk about the atmosphere that Christ came into when he walked into this world. You know, in, in a thousand years before Christ came in Psalm, the psalmist wrote in 2216, dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. In Psalm 22, 1, Christ is, is it's foretold when he took all the sin of the world on his shoulders. A man who, it was, as he walked human, he had never sinned. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Isaiah, 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah the prophet wrote, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. In Isaiah 53, 7, the prophet wrote, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Isaiah 53, 9, He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. In Isaiah seven fourteen, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. But you know, the, the Jewish people at the time, they didn't recognize the Messiah. They didn't know because in Micah 5, 2, 800 years before Christ was born. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel 
whose origins are from the old, from ancient times. And the people, the old people, of the Jewish people of Israel, they thought Christ was going to come as a warrior king. They thought he was going to come on a, on a horse and that he was going to recruit people and they were going to overthrow the Romans. They were occupied by the Romans and it was unfair. They were taxed. They were treated cruelly. And the Romans ran everything. And all, the Jewish people were not happy about that. They, and, and they thought Christ was going to throw them out and was going to liberate Israel. But Christ said, his first public pronouncement when he began his ministry, this is what he said. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That phrase, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is repeated more than 80 times in the New Testament. And you know, I am a proud citizen of the state of Texas. I am a proud citizen of these United States, but my first allegiance is to the kingdom of God. My first allegiance is to the kingdom of heaven. I am a citizen of the creator of the universe, and that's, as Christians, where our focus needs to be. That's where we need to keep our, get our peace. That's where we need to focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you know, because Christ came and, and, you know, these things, we should tell ourselves these over and over again. We need to go back and look at his Sermon on the Mount. And what did he say? He preached a radical message of love, not the hate, not the division that we see out there, not the anger, not the fear. God is love and perfect love cast out fear. In Matthew five thirty forty three, he said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you that you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. I love you. And I, Christ wants more importantly than that. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He doesn't want us. The, in First John, the Bible says, he who says he lo- hates his brother does not know God for God is love we need to love each other we need to to heal we need healing across this country we need to recognize that that people of faith come from all perspectives and we need to love each other you know Matthew 5:48 says be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect now that is a that's a tough one that's that's a that's a high bar but that's we're, but we're to be Christ like that's what we're to aspire to is to be perfect and to love each other in everything that we do Matthew 5:7 blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy Matthew 5:8 blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. We need peacemakers out there in our country. We need to be one nation under God, no matter what our political beliefs are. You know, I've I've voted, I've got political beliefs, but I love my neighbor as myself, no matter where they come from. And we need to recognize that and be united, one nation under God. You know, we've gotten political discourse that I wish you could see my hands, that we are so far apart, the left and the right, and we sling these words at each other of hate and division. And there's only one thing that can bring them together. I'm bringing my hands together, and that is the love of God. And that's what we need in our hearts right now. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need to be not so proud. We need to be humble. We need to seek Christ in everything we need to do. If we're upset, don't take it out on Facebook. Put, get on your hands and knees and pray to God. He'll take your anger away. He will. You know, we need to forgive each other. Matthew eighteen twenty one. Peter asked Jesus, am I to forgive my brother or sister up to seven times? 
How many of us have forgiven somebody seven times? That is so difficult. It's difficult to forgive somebody sometimes once. We act in our flesh or twice. But how does Jesus answer him? He says, not seven times, but seven times 70. And I want to add, you know, you say, well, that's impossible. But how many times has your father in heaven forgiven you? How many times this past week as we've gotten upset over this election, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, have you thought things that were not good about your brother or sister? How many times have you sinned just in the last week? I guarantee you we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I guarantee you that we all need forgiveness many more times than seven times 70. And if the Bible tells us, if you want your father in heaven to forgive you, then you need to forgive your brother and sister. That is so important. So Jesus didn't come on a military horse. He didn't come with a sword in his hand. He didn't come to liberate Israel. He came, as it says in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And, you know, we started a church in, in, uh, in the Heights at the beginning of the COVID. And we're on Facebook right now, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We come on at 6 p.m. because we got shut down with COVID. And, and that's, that's God put it on our heart to go into the middle of the city, to do what Jesus did. We are to be Christ-like. That's who we are called to be. He, he came to seek and save the lost. In fact, 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The New King James Version says, he who says he abides in him ought himself ought to walk just as he walked. And Paul says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Christ reached out to everybody. He loved everyone. Christ said in Mark 2, 17, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Folks, we are called to never forget what the Great Commission calls us to do. It calls us to reach down. Christ's hand, I live this, I know this, no matter where you are right now, no matter where you find yourself, you can be, the enemy can be telling you, oh, you've done too much. The thief on the cross, Jesus looked to, his, to, to the left and said, because he repented right then, he said, today I will see you in paradise. It is, God is still in the miracle business. It is never too late. No matter where you find yourself, his hand is there. His hand is there for you. And Jesus did that, exactly that. He reached out for everyone. He ate with sinners, Luke 5 and 30. He recruited tax collectors. Tax collectors were the scourge of, they were the representatives of the Romans. They were considered to be uh, crooks. And he recruited common men, tax collectors and fishermen. And these guys, they didn't have this radio station. They didn't have the internet to go out. They spread the gospel across the world because they saw how Christ walked and what he did and what he stood for. You know, in Luke 19, and uh, chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, there was a short guy. I love this guy because I'm, I'm not that tall myself. And he climbed a tree to see Jesus as he came by, Zacchaeus. And, and Jesus went and ate with him. And the Pharisees said, why is he eating with a sinner? But Zacchaeus said, I will give away half my possessions to the poor and pay back four times. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's what we're called to do as Christians. And we're not going to do it if we're slinging political rhetoric and hatred back and forth into each other. That's not what God called us to do. 
You know, he drank with a Samaritan woman. He broke so many customs here. A man wasn't supposed to talk to a woman. Jews didn't like Samaritans. He knew that she had been married five times and divorced. He knew that she, that she was living with another man at that time. But he told her that he would give her water that would course her, th- her thirst forever in John chapter 4. He offered his hand to the adulteress. As, as the people said that the law of Moses required that she be stoned. And, and he said, oh, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. And when they all disappeared, he told her daughter, neither do I condemn you. But he told her something as we started at the beginning of this message. He said, get up and sin no more. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is done. When Christ comes back, I want to be prayered up. I want to be witnessed up. I want to be ready. I want to, I want to hear good, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, I never knew you because I was too hung up on Facebook, casting aspersions at my brother and sister. You know, Christ, he doesn't just want Republicans. He doesn't just want Democrats. God wants every man to come to him. He wants everyone to know the salvation and the peace that Christ offers. He wants atheists. He wants Muslims to come to know him. He wants fascists and communists and beatniks and Antifa and Proud Boys. He wants to transform us all into his image. The transformative power of Christ is the most powerful force in the universe. And it's there for you no matter where you are today. If you're listening to these words, there is one who can transform your life. And his name is Jesus Christ. So how do we do this? How, how, do we, how do we step away from this world? Remember what Jesus said. I do not give you as the world gives you. I give you my peace. Well, first of all, we've got to trust God. You know, God doesn't think or want you to have to figure everything out. He wants you to know that he's already figured it out. He's got a purpose in everything he does. Paul wrote in Romans 13, 1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God's got this. God's going to take care of it. It's going to be okay, folks. Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and under God the things that are God's. As Christians, we need to focus on our relationship with him. You know, that needs to be our primary thing in life. You know, not Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, not a sports team, not even our families. I love my wife with all my heart. And we've got a marriage that's with Christ in the middle of it. It's wonderful. But I've got to put God first in every single thing I do. No idols, nothing in front of him, just God. You know, Christ wants you to have a relationship where there's a secret place in your heart just for you and him. And that secret place is wonderful. It is magical. It is peaceful. It surpasses anything. You know, this world is transitory. It's but a blip. We're talking about eternity here, folks. We're talking about where you're going to spend your eternity. Jesus went before us to prepare a room in his father's house for us. That's what I want to, you know, I feel compelled to shout from the mountaintops because he transformed my life. And I'm just so grateful for it. He wants that for you, too. And he wants you to live the abundant life that he came for while you're here on earth. You know, we must stay in prayer. Second Chronicles 714 is such a powerful scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Don't we need that right now in this country? 
We have such division. That's not what God wants for us. That's what the enemy, there's distractions out there, folks, everywhere. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to stay focused on those distractions and not on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Put everything else to the side and spend time with him every day. Spend time in his word. You know, when you're not, when you're angry and you're upset and you, you've watched the news, whichever slant you watch, because it's all slanted these days, folks, I got news for you, one way or the other, whichever one you watch, you know, and you get upset, hit your knees, have some quiet time, be still and know that he is God. He is on the throne. God is in control. You know, it's so hard, you know, the, the, the Bible tells us, uh, King Solomon wrote this, Proverbs sixteen twelve. pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Don't we see that in our, in the world today? In each of, each of the disciples, each of these wonderful men that followed Jesus around and all but one of them who gave their lives in, as martyrs because they saw who Jesus was and they saw the power of his healing. They saw the transformative power of Christ and it took away their fear. And they, they, they preached his radical message without the Internet, without radio, without TV, and they spread it across the world. First Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. James, James the just, the brother of Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. I love this verse because I've lived it. Matthew twenty three twelve. for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. God knows what's good for us. He humbled me, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Praise the Lord. You know, Paul said, we preach Christ, not ourselves. But I'll, I'll, I'll be transparent and give you, a, you know, over the course of this program, give you some of my history, but that's not the purpose today. Matthew twenty three twelve. for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, who was taken up to paradise, he's so humble. He says, I knew a man, he's talking about himself, who 14 years ago was taken up to the third heaven. And Paul talks about how he pled that this thorn that he had, nobody knows what it was, but this thorn that he had would be removed. He asked God three times, but in order to keep him from being conceited, Paul writes, God answered him, no, I won't, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When we get weak, when we want to be angry, when we want to lash out at our wives, at our loved ones, at our family, at people on Facebook, at whoever, we need to be weak and let his power be perfect. Let him take over. Let his power be what controls us. You know, I love the story of the, it's, it's just so illustrative of, of Jesus and, and his message on earth, the parable of the publican and the Pharisee in Luke Chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And in, in, in the book of Luke, Jesus is saying, he tells a story of about a Pharisee. And Jesus, you know, the Pharisees, he called them hypocrites, a nest of vipers. You know, they were just so, thought they were so, you know, uppity and this and that and everything in a bag of chips. And they just thought they were so wonderful. And, and so this Pharisee is in church and in the temple and he's, he's saying, I'm so glad that I am so righteous. I'm so glad that that I'm so wonderful and the tax collector is down down at the end and he says God I need you I need your mercy I need your grace and Jesus says this man this one who asked for my grace and my mercy that's who was justified in heaven 
We must put on the armor of God everywhere we go. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the truth. We must die to self. Luke 9, 23. If anyone would be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. Paul said, I have to die daily. We must ask God that he remove our heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. But most of all, we need to love each other. We need to love our God with all our heart, mind, and soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. And we must never forget the Great Commission. This is what Christ has called us to be. This is our calling in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you want him, Jesus is out there right now. He's in your heart. He's there for the taking. He's there to pick you up. He's there so that you will never, ever be alone. You can find us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, on Facebook every Sunday at 6 p.m. We broadcast live, just like this uh, radio program, we broadcast live on Facebook. That's New Covenant Church, Greater Heights at 6 p.m. On, fa- on our Facebook page. We're there every Sunday. We also have a program called Recovery Radio Houston. And because, you know, it's not just for people that are, that are addicts, because everybody is recovering from something. And everybody is welcome. It's to, it's to get rid of strongholds and addictions and, and anything that the enemy's got you down. We're on Saturdays at 4. Sometimes we've got a, we get preempted by Texas Tech football, but soon that'll be over, and we'll be on every Saturday at 4. So if you're out there and, and you can hear my voice, I want you to know if, you, if you've listened to this and, and you want something better, you want to get rid of the uncertainty in your heart. You want to get rid of the fear. You want hope. You want this peace that I've talked about, the peace that surpasses all understanding. I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. I want you to say, and, and this is true even if you've fallen away from the Lord and you, and you want to you want to revitalize your relationship with him. You want to come back to God and know what you had once you walked. Or if you've never known him, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, I know that you came and you died on the cross to forgive my sins. Just say that, Lord Jesus, I know that you came and you died on the cross to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I repent of my sins. I want to lead a new life. You got to mean that in your heart. I repent. I want to lead a new life. I invite you into my heart and I make you my Lord and Savior. I invite you into my heart and I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, your life is going to change. You're going to see God's going to put people in your path that are going to change things, that are going to open doors for you, that are going to make things wonderful. And you know what? All of heaven just rejoiced. And your name is written in the book of life. And you'll have a reunion with those that have accepted the salvation that Lord Jesus offers. You know, we love you here at the Transformative Power of Christ. But always remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. We'll see you next Monday at 530 p.m. Amen.